Hi, everyone, and, and welcome to another episode of Let's Unpack That, your uh, weekly podcast where this queer millennial dissects topics at the top of his mind through the lens of anxiety and depression. And uh, today, we're talking careers. We're talking career changes, um, the frequency by which we change them, um, why we change them so much, uh, what we want to do next. Um, and I'm happy um, to have Kathleen back to talk to me about that, because um, Kathleen and I um, have become really good friends over the last like two-ish, three years. I don't really know exactly, um, but we've sort of talked to each other about our career journeys during, during that time too, mm-hmm. and, and um, talked to each other, I think, more about like things we're passionate about a lot during this time. So um, we're going to have a really good episode, but um, before we jump in, I want to welcome Kathleen. Welcome Hi, back. thank you. I'm so happy to be back. I'm honored that you thought I was worthy enough to be a recurring guest on your show. So, thank <laughs> of you. Of course, yeah, on my show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast, Paul Dodd, um, guest starring but, Kathleen. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Where are you? Uh, where are you recording this from right now? I am at my parents' house um, in central Pennsylvania. Been here for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, just hanging out, staying out of the city, living in my old teenage bedroom. It's kind of a trip <laughs> to be in this space right now for who knows how long. But Does it look the same or did your parents redecorate after you moved out? Uh, a little bit of both. So like there's a new bed, but all the furniture is still mine. There's a ton of books on my bookshelf that are still mine. The art is mine. Um, but my mom put her little little touches on it. Yeah, my mom did the same thing. Like, it, like it, she hung up all the stuff that, like, I don't know. I guess like I never hung up like while mm-hmm. I so, like I walk in now. It's like some of my like uh, digital photography projects are like on the wall. My like uh, high school diplomas like uh-huh. on the wall. It's just funny. Um, yeah, my college diplomas on the wall, and for some reason Scranton made them so big. I swear to God, it's like almost two feet by two feet this thing is just yeah. huge it yeah is unreasonably large it's just like right there I'm like this is okay mom if, if that's what you want to hang up that's that's your prerogative you can have it yeah that's like my um I, I, that's what my high school graduation one looks like and I remember because a guy I went to grade school and high school with uh Steve like brought back the retro um diploma because like my school Roman Catholic was like uh, it was like celebrating its 120th year or something. I mm-hmm. think we're the 120th class or something like that. So they like brought back the original like <laughs> diploma and it's fucking huge. huge. It's legitimately huge. It's like by the order of the archdiocese of Philadelphia. It's so funny to like uh, look at it. Like I feel like diplomas are like so not practical. And when you graduate college, don't they like give you the, like they give you a fake one? Yeah. Like, did they give you a fake, like the yeah. little thing just on the stage and then they mail it to you later? Yep. Like, cause they, what, they don't want you to fuck it up? I guess. I don't know. Or you have to like earn it. I don't know. My master's degree from Penn is literally under a stack of books on my bookshelf. It's like not even in a frame <laughs> yeah. or anything. And my <laughs> college one is just like blown up on the wall. Of course. <laughs> Mom has to remember that she's so proud that you <laughs> graduated from Scranton. How far are you from Scranton? Like two like, hours. Okay. Okay. So it's like the same as where we are. Yeah. It's sort of like a triangle between like Philly, oh, where my okay. parents are in Scranton. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, so like, there's obviously not much going on, you know, in your town either. So yeah. yeah. Not a whole lot. It's an interesting time, like thinking about, I don't know. Like there's so many people stuck back in their parents' house, mm-hmm. and I feel like people's parents are like where a lot of people's careers and careers journeys like started to form because mm-hmm. it's impacted by the people that you're surrounded by. I yeah. think like I feel like my career journey was shaped so much by what other people did in my household, like mm-hmm. whether it was my dad, you know being an accountant and then you know moving up the the ranks as you do climb the ladder in America Mm -hmm. as you do as I'm rolling my eyes for those of you who can't see um you know and then I had my mom who was a nurse in healthcare so like okay business or healthcare like that's an option right and I had a sister go into education so like that's an option you know Mm -hmm. um and then you know you have the brother who's like just pursuing passion projects so that's an option you know and like I, I find that my, um, 
my personal career experience and desire for a career was very much shaped by the people around me. So it's weird to think like all of these people going home and living with their parents again and how that could be impacting like their parents giving them career advice again or friend advice or all that stuff. I don't know if you're experiencing that right now, but uh, I imagine some people are. Yeah, I mean, not so much in the present because I'm sort of in the midst of my own transition and everyone has like accepted what I where I hope to be going, but I definitely have reflected a lot on that just in my life. So my dad is one of seven and every single one of them is in some sort of like service type career. So my dad and two of his brothers were all um, in the military. His sisters were all nurses or nurse practitioners or dental hygienists at some point. One of his brothers is a first responder at the fire station. So they're all, and both of his parents were in healthcare. So like, there's all of this, like very like people service oriented careers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that instilled something really important to, in, you know, in me about like being in helping professions has value. Um, and so like relationship and community has value. And so I, I tend to be drawn to those things. Um, and then on my mom's side, I gained a lot of my love and passion for culture and the arts and, you know, culinary ventures and all of that um, from my mom's side. And so I sort of had this like debate my whole life of which one I was going to go into. And it didn't feel like those things could be married at any point. Mm -hmm. And the expectation always felt like, you get a job that helps people that will put food on your table also that like, you know, you get a steady paycheck and you have insurance and you can take care of yourself and your family. And then I also had people tell me my whole life that I was a really good writer and that I should be a journalist. Mm. And so I actually went to college as a communications major and changed my major on the very first day of my freshman year on a whim. (laughs) I was just like, I did the same thing. That's so funny. Wait, sorry, go on with your story. Yeah. I I went to my first college class for communications. And then I was like, I'm just going to change my major to education. I don't know. It just feels right. And so here I am again, right? In in like a helping profession and a very like people-centered service profession, if you will. Um, I think probably because I knew that it was more acceptable and it felt Mm. safer. I mean, I'm the youngest kid in my immediate family, and I have very little experience with children aside from some babysitting gigs. So why I thought I'd be good at elementary education, I have no idea. Um, and you are obviously a star. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I just, I did that, and I ended up falling in love with it, thank God. Um, uh, and then, I don't know, long story short, I and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but I sort of got like exhausted by my career and felt like I was sort of going down a path with an education that didn't feel as people-centered. And so I was feeling restless and losing the creative spark that I had in, in my like extracurricular activity, like that art and that cooking and everything that I get from my mom's side. Um, so I quit my job and tried to think about how I could marry my love for education with my love for baking and cooking, which I learned from my mom's side. Um, And hopefully that will lead me to the career I'm going to, but I don't know if we want to dive into that quite yet. Yeah, no, I think we will. I think we will throughout the course of the episode because it it does feel like a rather drastic change, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm sure most people you tell that maybe don't know you or haven't watched you make this decision are like, what are you doing? Like, what a risk, you know? So there's definitely a lot of unpacking in in that. Um, I feel that my, my journey is, is, is a little similar. Um, And I, I think I always felt torn between that practicality of a job that is going to cover those bills. You know, the job, like you said, is like insurance and mortgage and a house and everything and all whatever you need is, is going to be covered. Um, you know, like you don't ever want to be in a job where if the economy were to go to shit, much like it's doing now, you'd be stuck. And right. like, I always, I think I felt from a young age that I had like a fuck you mindset to that. Um, but I, I, 
still went to college, changed my major on the first day. It was political mm-hmm. science and changed to psychology, which that was a disappointment for my parents because I wasn't going to law school, which I've shared <laughs> before. Um, but um, I uh, uh, ended up, you know, then doing psychology for a year, then switching over to business. And I switched immediately to finance that I have no interest in projections, budgeting, mm-hmm. Uh, investments, uh, uh, it, it, simple math. I hate, you know, I hate mm-hmm. all of that stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I felt pulled to a direction because I went to my parents to get career advice. And my dad said, if I could go back and do it all over again, this is what I would do. So I'm like, well, great. He has life experience and he could potentially see himself doing something else. So I'm going to do that too, you yeah. know, like, and so I, I ended up doing that until I like nearly, you know, like failed a class and I was never been a bad student. So yeah. then I switched to marketing and I felt like I was like, I felt like I was taking a risk. I felt like I was like, you know, sort of like doing something different. It was still a business degree, but it was something more creative, something that mm-hmm. my parents weren't happy with. Thus, obviously, as a rebellious now right. adult, I was I was thrilled by. So um there's a lot of stuff that that I know we can we can jump into today, and I'm really excited to do that. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, uh, we're going to continue unpacking career changes. Stay tuned, everyone. everyone and we are back unpacking career changes with Kathleen. Um, so we wanted to talk about um, where we are today, how we got here and, and maybe share a little bit about what we want to do differently. Um, and Kathleen, I know that you have uh, a more fulfilled uh, uh, idea of, of where <laughs> you the next phase of your career to go. So I will gladly uh, ask you to go first and share a little bit about, about you and what you want to do and, and what you want to accomplish, you know, moving forward. Because um, mine's a little bit more, I think, unclear. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can provide me with some clarity as we talk. So. I will do my best. Um, <laughs> gosh, no, no pressure. No yeah. pressure at all. It's funny because I'm like, I feel like I know where I'm going, but it's taking a lot longer to get there than I thought it would. Like I knew it wasn't going to be easy to make such a drastic career change, but I thought considering how motivated I was and how clear my future goals and hopes and dreams feel, it it's it's not a linear line. I mean, just like life is not a linear line. It's like this this loop-de-loop roller coaster that's taken me all over the place. And hopefully eventually I'll end up on the X, but like God only knows. Right. Um, And so like I had mentioned before, I, once I had chosen education as my major in college, um, I didn't even want to go to college initially now that I think about it, but sort of. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah, I I, wanted a gap year. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Exactly. And so I felt a lot of pressure to go and just figured I would do it and um, was very happy with education. I got really lucky that that ended up working out for me. Um, And that eventually led to my volunteering in Tanzania for two years as a teacher, which we talked about on our first podcast episode together. Episode, can't remember. 17, I think. Okay, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And um, so then I was there teaching for two years and that motivated me then to go back to school because I wanted to make larger changes within education um, beyond simply being in the classroom. I was really passionate about teacher education and um, life skills, which are not taught in a lot of schools. And I feel like it's a really important part of the curriculum, things like learning how to collaborate and communicate well with others and hone in your creativity and, um, you know, conflict resolution, all these things that I thought were really important. And I was seeing a gap in education for those things. And so I studied um, education development, hoping to be a program manager so that I could create this curriculum that I thought was missing. And so when I finished grad school, I went into a job at a for-profit company where I was able to do all of those things that I was really passionate about. Um, I did teacher training in a couple of places where we have projects. I worked on a life skills curriculum. But 
the places where we were working were so far removed from where I was living and working mm. that I something was missing and I sort of, I felt stagnant. The idea of sitting at a desk all day every day just really started to get to me. I had a long commute. I just wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling motivated to do my job anymore. Um and I didn't feel like I was really making the impact I could have been. I missed being creative in a more intentional way. And so I just decided to quit my job after two years. I had this really nice job with benefits and a good salary. And I liked where I was living. And I love my coworkers. It was a really good community and environment to work in. But I just, it just wasn't working for me. And I couldn't see mm-hmm. myself doing that forever. If I was burnt out after two years you know, at even at just like an associate level, then I, I don't know how I would be able to sustain that um, for the rest of my career. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or what type of person you'd become, you know, yeah. like with that. Yeah, definitely. And so I got this crazy idea. Um, <laughs> again, back to like my grand, my, my mom and my grandmother instilled this love for art and cooking and baking and, and all of those things. And I wanted to figure out how I could meld that together with education. And so I dreamt up this crazy idea that I would learn um, how to be a pastry chef and eventually employ young people and give them those life skills that I've been so passionate about this whole time. Um, And so I quit my job. I applied to jobs in bakeries, hourly jobs without benefits or insurance or any of that. I just said, I'm going to put everything on the line and I'm going to see if I can make this work. Um, and I worked in a bakery for like six months and it was a really good experience and it's, it, it wasn't perfect and I knew I wasn't going to be there forever, but it instilled in me that this was the right move, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I, and I didn't, I didn't make the move lightly. I talked to a lot of people and, and I found that more people than I thought have made big career changes like this. So I sort of like did this thing on social media where I was like, anyone make a big change? Like, tell me about it. I'm thinking about changing careers. Like what's on your mind? What works for you? Whatever. Um, And I got so many responses. I couldn't believe it. And so there was something really reassuring about that. And people were like, oh yeah, you know, I I didn't make a career change until I was in my forties. And at the time I was 27, 28. And I thought, okay, if they were doing that in their forties, exactly. I was like, "I, I can do this. And if not, then I fall back on my degree and I go back into this job that I know I can do well, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I recognize that I'm lucky that I had something to fall back on. Um, But I ended up leaving that job at the bakery and couldn't find another one because I didn't have the experience. So Mm -hmm. I kept, I kept applying. I wasn't finding anything. And then I got offered a temporary job as a secretary. So not even related to anything that any of my degrees are in, not related to baking, like nothing, (laughs) just, just like a job as a secretary. Um, But then I'm back in this place where I have a salary and insurance and benefits and the ability to save money to eventually follow my dream so this is sort of again where like I get off the path and it's like definitely not linear um and then decided to apply to uh culinary school to study pastry and got accepted um and I'm just waiting to see if and when I will still be able to go and do that (laughs) hopefully in June um for three months and I, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a waiting game, which is a weird thing because I really wanted to just, I was like, it won't take very long for me to work up my skills in baking. It's something I already love doing. Um, and now here I am just kind of like twiddling my thumbs, waiting for things to happen. I tried to start an Etsy business in the meantime. That is a very hard thing to do if you also have a full-time and a part-time job. Uh, so, honestly, I'm like floundering a little bit, but I it's like those tiny little steps of like, I know things are coming. I just need to be patient. And I, I literally have no idea what the future holds, which is like kind of scary, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many possibilities and I often ask myself if I'm capable of doing the things that I think I want to do. Can I run a nonprofit bakery and employ young people and teach them skills. I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm like total shot in the dark. 
but I have just enough confidence in myself to think that like with a little bit of help and a lot of hard work I can get there yeah yeah so it's it's a weird place to be in I don't know yeah I want to unpack that a little bit I like so because all of those things that you were like saying um you know that that was like a journey over several years Mm -hmm. you know how how do you make decisions like that? And, and, and that might be a hard question to answer, but like for, for me, um, I find that I am a person who stresses, 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 stresses about a decision. And then maybe I make a rash decision and it's the total opposite of the one I've been thinking I was going to do the whole time. And I guess that's part of like the high strung chaotic nature of, of, uh, of how I've been, going about my life a little bit Um, but I also I think make a lot of like safe decisions you know Mm -hmm. I've been at the same job since I graduated college Mm -hmm. you know like five full over five years now within the same company multiple positions multiple Mm -hmm. responsibilities but with like a similar path so like I get to this point very often um, because like you I put a lot of energy into my work and sometimes when you put a lot of energy in, you feel that that burned out feeling yeah um so I'm I'm curious how you make decisions like that. Um, like, do you sit down? Do you do pros and cons? Do you or do you talk about it with other people? Do you socialize it? Like, because because you always come across obviously to me very rational, clear headed, well thought out. You know, versus I think you you probably see a lot of me like making decisions in real time. <laughs> like, so I don't know. That's I'm, I'm curious. And again, that might be a hard question to answer, but I'm I'm curious about it. Yeah, it's. I mean that. It's like so many things all at the same time. I am an, <laughs> I'm an overthinker and that is definitely a result of my anxiety and this fear of making the wrong decisions or making rash decisions or not having all of the information before making a decision. And so I'm I'm definitely somebody who stresses about it, stresses about it, thinks about it, thinks about it. Um, and then at the end of the day, once I'm done doing all of that, and that includes yes, I make pro-con lists. I talk to the people that I, you know, um, trust the most and I know have like, who know me and have my best interest at heart. I talk to them. I think about it 24 seven. I lose sleep over it. Um, (laughs) and, but that's a lot of that is like internal or the conversations that I have with people. I can, I can do it from sort of like a emotionally removed place. Okay. Where okay. Like it's very logical where it's like, here are the facts. Here's what I think. What do you think? You know, like I, I present maybe a little bit more put together, but girl, there's so much <laughs> stuff going on in my head. You don't even know. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, not, not to, not to say that I don't think that like, or haven't recognized that, <laughs> or that piece of you, you know, like that you, like, it's not just, you're like, yes, I know that this is what I want to do, you uh-huh. know, but like, I, I just recognize that you can make, more clear decisions than a lot of other people I know, including myself. <laughs> yeah, it's after a lot of anguish. Uh, and so I yeah, I often I'll think about it, think about it, think about it. And then one day I'll go, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. Forget it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna take the chance and see what happens. Um, and I wasn't always like that. I was I always played it safe in a lot of ways, you know, even like going to college, even though I wasn't sure I wanted to and didn't know what I wanted to study. And, you know, I just, I did the thing that felt safest because other people told me this is what you have to do to be successful. Right. Um, Choose a safe major like education because we're always going to need teachers, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But then I just get to the point where I'm like, you know what, why not? I like, I, Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've like realized just how long life can be. And that I think more so for people our age and, and in the generations following us that like we have so many more options and so many more opportunities that it's becoming much more typical for folks to have several careers in their lives. You know, I think a lot of the generations before us, it was like you will, especially for women, it was like secretary, nurse or teacher. Which one do you want to be until you have mm-hmm. children? And then once you have children, you know, we'll figure out if you're, you know, what that looks like and you support your family and your spouse and that is your life and your job is for the purpose of supporting your family financially and and otherwise. And 
that's what you get to do. But I, I think that has changed so much mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that I, I, I literally feel like I can do anything. Like there's the possibility of doing anything. I mean, I'm not, can't do everything, but I, <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I feel like my options are so unlimited. And so why not explore several of the things that I am interested in mm. and, you know, that things that I'm passionate about and that motivate me. Um, so I'm just going for it and we'll see where I land. <laughs> yeah, you totally are. Like I, and that's what I, I think because like, I think in my, in my life outside of work, I try to be a person that takes a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. Like I try to be a person that does things differently and pursues passions. Like whether it be starting a nonprofit organization in another country, like whether it be um, starting this podcast is like something mm-hmm. I wanted to, to do. Um, or <clears throat> like one of my, my biggest passions is um, uh, like helping people get new jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so helping people with their resumes, helping people with their cover letters, um, like those, those three things I, I do all the time. Um, you know, like I, I'm like, all right, let me like bucket up my energy and then like expend it on the nonprofit. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. Ugh, I'll come back to that later. Yeah. I bucket up my energy, spend it on the podcast. And I'm like, Ugh, I'll come back to this later. <laughs> Exhibit A, this is, you know, this is season two. Um, but, um, and then I do the same thing with like the, um, like the resume reviews and the cover letters I do and the interview prep that I do, like it comes in spurts and it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like, I love those things mm-hmm. and I, I, I love, but I don't know if I want to do those full time, you, right. you know, like I don't, of course I've thought, you know, um, like I would, it would be amazing to drop my career here, move to LA try to get a job with one of the podcasting companies and just like see where this goes. Yeah. Um, Cause I know I have a lot more I can improve on as a host, as an editor, as a person who promotes a podcast. I know I have those skills in my wheelhouse. I'm also really good at doing research about specific topics and mm-hmm. then presenting them back. But contrary to what many people who listen to this podcast <laughs> might think with how many guesses we make, you know, and I, I find myself very fulfilled by activity, but I'm like, like that's like I don't view that the same way that you're like I can do anything I view that as like that's so unsafe like I'm like oh my god like how could could I like is that reality you Mm -hmm. know to like um to do something like that or if it's the nonprofit. I before I was married of course I wanted to go and live in the Dominican and and work there and be there and be present there and Mm -hmm. and um, you know be doing all the things that we try to do in the United States but down there in person that that dream has sort of changed but even just from a logistical perspective of doing more with the nonprofit like every day versus like I think just like what you're saying teaching people life skills to me I think one of the most valuable things that I could do that I care about so much and can put so much energy behind is that sort of educator coach mentor Mm -hmm. thing with helping people when they graduate from college, getting that first job, you know, working Mm -hmm. in career services and career counseling, you know, like helping them land that interview, interview prep, what to wear, different things. If you have a Skype interview, if you have an in-person interview, if you have, you know, like I just love talking with people about that because it gives me great joy to see other people pursue different like different career avenues or different jobs or land that job or try to land that job you know because I love helping other people take risks but maybe I'm like I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable taking them right now with myself and my own Mm. career and that's where I I'm I'm now we're totally talking about my journey right now but yeah um that's where yeah like I'm sorry as I'm as I'm like actively processing uh but no no I love it yeah but what you're saying is making me think about like it sort of sounds like you almost have the best of both worlds in the sense that you know that you have this steady job doing something that you're good at and that you like and you know helps you support you and your family and um but then you also are able to still do the things that you're passionate about and so I think one of the things that's so beautiful about that with you is that you do that mentor coaching stuff you do the nonprofit, not for money but because those are things that fulfill you and make you feel good and I I had a friend when I first got back from Tanzania and wasn't sure if I was going to get into grad school I was having this dilemma of do I choose a career 
doing something I'm incredibly passionate about and that is my, you know, greatest source of joy and accomplishment? Or do I do a job that helps me pay my bills and those sources of joy come from somewhere else? And they mm-hmm. aren't profit driven. I think there's something really beautiful about doing something for the sake of the goodness it puts into the world, right? But mm-hmm. I, growing up the way that I did, it was always about being successful in your career. And so I still right, continue right. to feel this pressure of having a job that does allow me to financially support myself and, you know, maybe eventually a family. So it, I continue to have that struggle, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I think it's beautiful that the things that you care about and are passionate about, you continue to do even when they're not profit driven and have a job that you like and are good at. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's like, that's where I, that's where I get stuck, you know, like that's yeah. what I'm, and I, because I recognize not all the time, cause you know, I do have to check my privilege often as mm-hmm. many people know, you know, like I, I have to be grateful for what I do have. And I have more than most people, you know, in the world, I have more than a lot of people in the United States, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm more like, like blessed and privileged than, than so many people. Um, I, where I, where I struggle is like, okay, I, I, I do right now. I would say I, I love my job. I, but I, I love the team members that I have, you know, mm-hmm. like I, the job is like, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, I, like what I enjoy is like the thrill of problem solving, the thrill of seeing other people succeed, like the people that I manage and like, um, you know, developing something new and saving money, like something tangible, but like the mm-hmm. actual world of healthcare and over the counter products. Like I, I like I, I don't have much words for you know like it's it's not it, it, to me that that's not what drives passion for me what drives yeah. passion is like the connection and and collaboration that I can have with other people mm-hmm. to do things better than they were ever done mm-hmm. you know like I view that as success like for yeah. me um sorry that's my neighbor's car if you can hear that background noise can you a little that? bit barely okay okay uh he likes to run his audi for about four hours before he starts it um i left a note i was that neighbor i left a note <laughs> this is dear gonna be a neighbor. total side i literally said dear neighbor <laughs> i'm not sure if you know but the power of the engine on your audi is really really loud and sometimes it wakes up our newborn and our dog. <laughs> oh, I love that. So I said, if you wouldn't mind, could you park in the back of the parking lot? Yeah. That motherfucker moved closer to no. our window. <laughs> but I, you know, I told a little lie, obviously. So um, he's probably the same neighbor that left a note on my door telling me to shut up when we were screaming. <laughs> so, um quick side tangent there um i guess uh what what i was what i was sort of saying is is you know like the i like like success for me is is doing something that either one nobody's done before mm-hmm. or two people have done before but for whatever reason at this current job people haven't done as well so i can i can bring a new level of skill to a mm-hmm. situation that makes me feel feel valued it makes me feel fulfilled when i know that I'm doing something that nobody else has done and I'm doing it with great people and they're developing their skills too. Right. Like, and that's like, that, that's the essence of like what I love about my job. Like, but where I, where I struggle is because I do have these passions that sometimes I think I would love to put a little bit more, you know, emphasis on whether it be the podcast or <clears throat> the um, career counseling stuff or you know uh the the nonprofit, but like will i always get scared will the novelty of these things wear right. off right if i were to do them full time mm-hmm. um you know and that's that's not to say i dislike my current job or i don't i'm i'm not super passionate about these passions i am i'm just cautious about disrupting this like professional balance that I have which is is funny thinking back to our previous episode on self-care because we talked about that word balance a lot and Mm -hmm. and where I reflected is like balance to me is perfection and I know that's unattainable but I go for it every day yeah um and and where I feel like I actively struggle is is being like okay I've got a great job (laughs) 
I'm safe and secure. I have passions I could pursue. Uh, the world around me is amazing. And I'm like, is it, a, is it enough? And yeah. that, that is, I don't know if that's the Scorpio nature of who I am <laughs> uh, or if it's, you know, the, the way that our society has told us to continue pursuing more and more and more and more and more and overwhelming yourself. Right. Um, but I'm always concerned of like, I have everything great, but I'm like, how do I one, be more grateful for what I have or mm -hmm. two, pursue what's going to make me feel 100% fulfilled. Right. But also 100% fulfilled is never going to happen because life is the roller coaster that you just yeah. described, you know? Yeah. So the career plan is the roller coaster that you just described. So that's where I, I totally, I, 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 I feel like so lucky and I know I have it so well, but I'm always like, isn't there more? <laughs> couldn't I be, couldn't I love more? You know, I don't know. That's sort of where I'm at and where I've landed. Well, you got to <laughs> listen to that voice, right? Like that was part of the thing that pushed me is like, sure, this is comfortable and I, I don't dislike it. My life is good. But I just keep going back to like, I'm on the verge of 30. I've done some pretty epic, cool stuff in my life. Why not keep pursuing different things mm. for however long they make me happy and then I'll move on to the next one I don't know I don't know if that's just like my my nature at this point you know I grew up moving around my entire life every three years was in a new place and a new school new friends everything I've I've never lived anywhere longer than five years and I'm like itching to get out of Philly now that I've hit that five-year mark yeah you know so yeah. maybe that's just like that's just my nature of just moving from one thing to the next, exploring a lot of different things and never really feeling settled. I don't know. I'm, I'm unpacking this yeah. <laughs> clearly right now as we are talking. Yeah. No, right, I don't have right. a, I don't have a nice pretty conclusion for that. That's just the thing <laughs> that came out of my brain. Um, <laughs> and but that's I do, about it. Yeah. I do want to like, that's it. Um, I do want to take a step back, though. I think you said something really important that's been on my mind is this idea of privilege, right? Like, I recognize that I am so privileged to be in a place where I can just go to college, whether I want to or not, and know that I'm going to be supported to make that happen. And then volunteer for two years and not make any money and know that when I get back, I'm going to be, again, supported. And, you know, people are going to help me however they can. And then I can just go to grad school, whatever. And whether I like it or not, now I have this other degree and sure I'm, I'm still paying for that degree. Um, but I, I just, there's a lot of privilege in being able to say, you know what, I'm just going to stop doing this thing and maybe pursue another mm -hmm. and know that I'm always going to land on my feet. Um, because so many people don't that have, have that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's a huge, yeah. It just, I don't know. I, I've been thinking a lot about the reason that I took this job that I have now as a secretary was so that I could save money for school because I'm determined to make my dream happen for myself. So mm -hmm. while I did help pay for both, you know, my undergrad and my graduate degrees, I did not pay for most of it. <laughs> um, I had help from, from people with that. And considering the amount of help I've had with my education over the years, I, you know, I made this huge career change and I just want to own it, if that makes sense. So I'm taking this job, I'm earning the money to do it so that I can pay for it for myself. But I've had several people in my family go, if you ever need anything, you just give me a call. You know, like I've had people offer their support, financial support to me. And I don't know if I'm being like bullheaded and stubborn and saying, no way I'm doing it all myself and whatever. Like, why not be gracious to the help people are trying to give me? Um, or if it noble is like too big of a word to try and use, but like, is it the right thing for me to say, no, no, I'm going to make this happen for myself. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I'm like in this weird place of like, am I being too proud to not ask for help or am I, doing the work and making it happen because it's something that I want so badly. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I, all of those thoughts go through my head frequently. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's like, it, it's sort of a safety blanket that, that many of us who do come from a place of privilege are, are lucky to have, you know, that we have family members asking for help. We have, you know, like, um, you know, whether it be like savings or retirement or whatever, you know, we have sort of like these these predefined ideals that many of us who come from the situation are just very likely to achieve because of the way that we were born. And mm-hmm. I, uh, where I, I don't know that I have like a clear take on that because it's something I also obviously grapple with. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure if I, I'm sure if Jack and I were like, you know what, we want to stop renting a house. We want to go buy one, mm-hmm. but we can't do 20%. Could my parents give us a little bit so we could get closer to 20%? Mm-hmm. Could Jack's parents give us a little bit so we could do a 20% down payment? You know, like, of course, of course we could ask that. But I think like when Jack and I have thought about stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, let's just do like the one we can afford and then we'll mm-hmm. just pay the higher fee, the insurance fee or whatever the hell it is. And it's like little things, little things like that, like are, are benefits that we get that so many other people don't get because mm-hmm. like and I think that there's to, to, to bring it back there's value in wanting to be like I kind of want to do this on my own mm-hmm. you know because I recognize I I haven't had to do a lot on my own you know of course like you we've all made decisions we've all pursued decisions we've all accomplished things in our life probably at this point you know on the the cusp of 30 that we're we're we've done independently but we've still had that security blanket so i think it's it's not like necessarily i don't think noble is like a tough word you know like that um but i think there is like value in in wanting to do something that's riskier you know with wanting to do something that's like that's on you you know of course you Mm -hmm. can still fall back if you need to but like to be like you know what i really would like to work for this, feel like I owned this, that mm-hmm. this is mine, and it had nothing to do with the privilege that, or as as little as anything it has with to do with the privilege, um, um, you know. And I, I I think about that, you know, a lot. I think like a, a couple of my friends I know have like like they've they've turned down help buying houses or turned down help, you know, pursuing a new job or a connection at a company because they're like mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to put you on my resume. I don't want people to know that I'm associated with you. I want to do this on my own. Right. And I, I get that. You know, I get that because a lot of us do feel that things have been either handed to us or it maybe wasn't as much work as somebody else mm-hmm. had to go through to, to get these things. Or we don't realize, because I, I don't even think I realize the amount of work it takes for somebody from a lower income area to graduate and, and go mm-hmm. to school, you know? So um, there's all those pieces of, of that that I don't know I I feel like I feel like it's okay you know for you to to not want help you know to yeah. do this on your own like just just a little validation yeah. for you not that you need it yeah <laughs> I think too it comes from the sense that like this was something that I totally chose for myself right where like right, we were talking right. in the beginning about influences for careers and life paths and all of that that while I got a lot of my interest in being in the kitchen from my family. The decision to change career paths and to specifically do this kind of work, like a nonprofit bakery where I teach young people, is totally my, came from me. And so I feel the sense of ownership over it. You know, right. I, I'm grateful that people in my life have, have come around to supporting me and said, that's a great goal. That's a great dream. Go for it. Even though in the past, I didn't think that that was something that they would support. Right. Um, right. Right. But I just, yeah, I just want to own it. It feels like mine. It does. And then I think it's, it's an awesome story to tell later on, mm-hmm. you know, like it's an awesome, it's an awesome thing to share back with other people and inspire other people, you know, being a, a self-made person, I think a lot of us, particularly millennials who have recognized their privilege, mm-hmm. um, you know, do want to be self-made. Like mm-hmm. there is like an, an inerrant pride in in 
like accomplishing things mm -hmm. all on your own you know yeah I um, especially because everyone's been telling us we've been spoiled for the last you know 20 years I of know. our life so it's really nice to, to tell them to fuck off and be like I'm spoiled I did this right I, yeah. I had a very shocking experience I was so surprised by this I like six seven months ago I was looking for a new therapist um and I went to one place just have sort of like an intake and just see if we were a good fit and, and everything. And she was asking me all these questions. Um, and I was telling her about, um, you know, my desire to go to school. And at that point I knew I was going and I was, you know, I was working to save up for it. And she asked if I had, if like any financial stress was, you know, leading to the depression and the anxiety that I was feeling and I was like, yeah, a little bit, you know, because I am trying to save all this money and do this thing on my own and, and you know, I'm working really hard to try and make ends meet so that I can go pursue this dream. She goes, have you considered asking, like, family or anyone you're close to for financial support? And I was like, yeah, I have people who could definitely do that for me, but I'm, I'm really determined to do this on my own. And she goes... Well, in a couple of years, you might think differently. You should really uh, take that money while you can. I couldn't huh. believe it. It was such a bizarre piece of advice from someone that I just met. She really projected on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like textbook definition of projection. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like. She's like, yeah, you know, if I if I had that, I would I would have done that. I would have taken the money. It's like, oh, my God. I don't even know you. Well, bully for you. <laughs> I know. I was like, um, I really don't feel that way. I'm definitely going to try and do this on my own. Uh, yeah. So next question. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I think, I think a lot of people. A ge general statement, but you know, pe people I have talked to, things that I've experienced in my conversations with other people. If you've been through some hardship, or you've had to do something on your own they'll look at you and be like, someone's offering to help you like fucking say yes. And we're like, we're like, are we being martyrs in a sense, you know, because we don't want that type of help. And maybe like, maybe I think there's probably some truth to that. Sure. Um, you know, like, but I, for us, it, it feels wrong to accept a gift when we don't need it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I look at, that and I'm like I know that you're you want to give this to me because you love me and because you care about me but the reality is is that I can I can lay back I can you know like like always fall back on a, another job I, mm -hmm. I always feel that I'll, I'll be in a good place and and that's my privilege so like use that money for something else right. for someone who really does need it even though like yeah we probably you, you probably might you know <laughs> but like but but really like I think because we know I think you and I specifically, you know, not just the general, the general you, but like mm -hmm. you and I do know that like we are pretty lucky and we have seen extreme poverty up yeah. close, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I am always like, I, I'm not somebody who, who needs that or needs help. Right. You know, I, I'm also really stubborn. And so I'm kind of like, I want to show everyone that I can do this for myself <laughs> and I'm determined to make it happen. And I'm going to yeah. work really hard to get there because I'm the one that said this was possible. So I have to prove to everyone that I can, in fact, do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you could also save money for like, like you could save someone's offer for help to be like seed money when you need to mm -hmm. like open a building, right. you know, when right. you need like, like there's like the, the money now probably feels, will feel small in comparison mm -hmm. to the money that you will need to, you know, pursue that dream. Absolutely. You know, I, I would I would guess, you know, like people always say, like, like starting a business requires a lot of startup funds and you mm -hmm. rely on the people in your life who have supported you and you've supported them. And, and you have to have that weird conversation of asking for help, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or you take on a massive loan, but um, or you do both. Um, but I I that's always been something I've I've thought that I could be interested in is like owning my own business, running my own thing. I guess there's part of that because I have a. I'm a founder of the nonprofit, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's, it's a weird thing to feel like, cause it, because it is part-time, it's right. weird to feel that that's like, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, mine, like I have like 
pride in this. I'm like, I have pride in like, like, like it's not self. It's like this, we, like the people mm-hmm. who created this thing, you know? So I'm, there's always been a piece of me that's been like, God, I would love to start a business, but you really do need all those funds. And like, I absolutely hate asking people for money in Same. general, you know, yeah. it's so awful. Like mm-hmm. I had, I, I feel more comfortable asking friends. Like I had some friends chip in and, and help me visit Jack when I, um, when he was long distance and I wasn't mm-hmm. getting nearly enough to fly the miles that I was trying to fly. <laughs> and, and those friends, like they either, you know, gave me money or they gave me money and then I paid them back slowly over yeah. time. So, and that's like, it's an awful feeling to feel indebted to people that you have a relationship mm-hmm. with, you know? Um, and so I, I feel like, if they're putting their money into your like business, maybe it's an easier ask, but I don't know. That's where, that's where I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable, but even that too, I'm like, Oh no, I just do that with fully with loans. You know, I can't <laughs> yeah. possibly ask my parents to like, yeah. Oh, do you have some seed money for me? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I know it's a weird thing. I can't even think about that yet. I gotta get through. Oh, it. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and hope that seriously the, hope that the novelty of it doesn't wear off. Like you were saying before, I definitely feel, I still feel nervous about that. Like what mm. if, what if baking isn't meant to be my profession and it's just something I like doing? Am I ruining the enjoyable things by making it work? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think about that. We'll see. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep me Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that yeah. we'll obviously be, uh, be flying out to the UK to visit you whenever you are there. So yeah really exciting really exciting that would be fun um all right why don't we take a quick break and then when we back we will round out our topic of unpacking career change maybe we'll give all you listeners tm some some advice on uh you know how you guys can get started with a career change or we'll just continue talking so talk to you guys in a second And we're back to round out this episode of unpacking a career change. Um, during the break in the uh, virtual remote studio that we're <laughs> we're in right now, um, Kathleen and I were sort of talking topically around career changes because it feels like such a unique time to think about careers. Because as of this moment, when we're recording, ten million people have filed for unemployment benefits. So. Um, Obviously, the situation with the coronavirus is impacting people in many different ways in terms of their career and their work. Um, you know, right now there are people scraping to get by. Right now there mm-hmm. are, um, you know, people who have more time on their hands to think about their careers. And I feel like, I don't know, it might be, for those of you in that situation, it might be like one of the best times to start thinking about a career. I don't know, because you are less distracted Mm -hmm. from everyday life. I don't know what you think about that. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's really complicated. And everyone's situation is going to lend itself to a different possibility. But I have been thinking a lot about even just how the how the workforce is going to change after this, right? Like we're learning that there's a lot of different kinds of work that could be done from home that might now be accessible to more people, you know, people who aren't able to relocate geographically for a job that they really want to do. Perhaps it actually is something you could do from home. And now this this self-isolation situation is helping companies realize that, you know, that's possible. Um, So there are new ways to do all kinds of jobs that previously maybe couldn't have been done in that way before. We're getting really creative right now while everybody is, is sort of, you know, stuck being at at home. Um, Mm -hmm. I also wonder what kinds of new jobs might come out of this particular situation, you know, perhaps, I mean, I hope healthcare will look differently. Um, we'll we'll need more people in that workforce or maybe it will impassion some folks to get 
interested in working in healthcare because they've been impacted by the amazing people who are saving lives right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it feels like there are more opportunities or there will be more opportunities coming out of this because I mean, the whole co- economy is basically collapsing. And so everyone is going to need all the help they can get. I think companies hopefully, you know, or maybe like small businesses are, they're all going to lower requirements for workers because they just need bodies to get in there to start doing the work. And they can, and I like to think about it positively that maybe we can help people learn skills on the job because the job is just going to need to get done, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that opens doors for folks that weren't previously opened. Um, I think I was saying during the break though, I do think that there's like a lot of privilege to be able to take this time and go, okay, let me reset and figure out if I can make a career change and what that might look like. And do I have the resources to take those risks as the economy changes and, and things try and go, you know, back to a more typical lifestyle. And I know that there are folks out there who just are looking for anything that's a paycheck. And and right now is not the time to think about what that career is. They just Mm -hmm. need to be making ends meet again. So I don't know. It's been a really interesting time to think about jobs and, and how we view the kind of work that we do. Yeah. Like how we value certain jobs. Mm -hmm. And, And Erica, Erica and I talked about that a little bit um, when we were unpacking our quarantines a couple episodes ago. Um, And I, I feel like people as a whole are, are are managers as a whole, as a whole HR departments as a whole are going to get more comfortable hiring remote workers. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we have a guy starting in a couple days by the time this podcast episode gets released, he'll have been with us for a week. Mm -hmm. I interviewed him um over the phone uh I don't even know what he looks like mm-hmm. um but over the phone he was able to communicate to me that he's a hard worker that um he's going to meet the job's demands that he has relevant experience and that he you know was a good person who's looking <laughs> to work with good people and yeah. and so that's a risk that for me I I automatically assumed that I would not be able to hire um anyone mm-hmm. who who I hadn't met in person because in-person interaction is so huge for me. Right. But now as a manager, my entire team is remote. Um, you know, before that I had one remote team member um, and she's awesome. You know, at first, like we were certainly figuring out like, okay, how do we work together? How often do we communicate or anything? And now she's like absolutely thriving. She just mm-hmm. got promoted. Like, and you know, now I'm going to have another remote team member uh, who won't be remote forever, but I'm going to have to figure out how to get to know him again, right. you know, being remote. I don't remember what skills, you know, were uh, what I, what I used during that time to get to know Jill, uh, who was the first remote associate, but, but getting to know Joe will be just a, a, an interesting challenge too. So I feel like, uh, I feel that as a society, like you said, Kathleen, like things are actively going to have to change the mm-hmm. way we think about work, the way we think about jobs, the way we value jobs. I mean, I hope they do, Right. you know, like, I think whenever our society goes through this like drastic change or it's a culture crushing change, like the 2016 election, Mm -hmm. how many women got up and fought back in 2018? More women were up for office because they were sick and tired. The fact that somebody like him could get elected and now there is more women in the house of representatives than there ever, ever has been. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that might have a domino effect on people looking to get into healthcare. It might have a domino effect on people getting into pandemic response. Like Mm -hmm. so many of us have this privilege of being lazy and removed and not connected to all of what's going on. And I think sometimes when you talk to people who are all like that, it's like, you just think that you're all like, sloths and you're all helpless like but the reality is is this is going to have an impact on all of us and it's going to have uh hopefully a positive one after all of the economic impacts are are or we've recovered from all of the economic impacts of it so i do think that there's a really massive opportunity to think about careers differently you know think about careers differently and and how I don't know, 
think about work differently. Like, mm-hmm. like that I was, I was talking to somebody who's, um, I think she's a senior vice president um, at our company. Um, and she just said, I, I hope that this helps people realize that they can be at home with their kids more, yeah. you know, that maybe we don't always have to be in the office. Like maybe not every kid has to be in the sport, the play, the band, the, the after school curricular activity. That's, that's totally different than that. But parents don't have to be driving their kids to A to Z to A to Z. Like, like time at home will be more important too. Right. So maybe, you know, like the way that we think about work changes a little bit. Like I was, I've just was thinking like, we're at home all the time now working five days a week, not really being able to leave your home and then working or having two days as your weekend, the weekends feel so much faster mm-hmm. now before I have to get back to work. Like, yeah, it feels like a blip. And I'm like, this isn't right. This is really the amount of time we have to decompress throughout the week, I guess, because you can pepper your week with different things. Sure. But like, it feels totally different right now. So maybe there's, maybe there's hope that things will change. I certainly have hope that things will change and, and careers will change and work will change. And maybe the amount of days we work, the amount of hours we have to work, the mm-hmm. the places we have to work, the amount that we have to travel is all these people hopefully can get more comfortable now working remotely or digitally. Yeah. And so. I, I think too, hopefully it changes the landscape of how we value different kinds of work. And mm-hmm. I, that's something that I've, you know, seen floating around social media and, and, and whatnot since all this has happened is, you know, who do we take advantage of or not value as much versus in the past where, where we've seen value, where like the more successful and the more money you make, the more important you are. And we're mm-hmm. learning that that's not necessarily the case. Who are the essential people right now working? None of them. And, <laughs> right. And how much, you know, value in the past have we put on folks who are stocking our grocery stores and cleaning public spaces and, you know, that kind of stuff that, that are often overlooked and not appreciated in the way that they should be. I mean, those, those jobs are essential to life right now. And the fact is that they're essential to life all the time. We just just didn't realize it or recognize it. um, You know, when, when life was going on the way that it had for so long. And I, I just, I hope it changes the value of some things as let me get on my education soapbox one last time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) One of the first things that I, saw at the beginning of this, you know, when they had canceled school and everything, um, a lot of stuff floating around the internet of parents being like, we should pay teachers millions of dollars um, because I've been with my kid for, you know, an hour trying to homeschool him or her and I can't do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And I've often felt in the past that teachers were underappreciated and overworked and I just... You know, it's not just an education, but that's where my personal experience is. So careers like that, which are so essential to our society, I mean, literally educating the future. Um, I just hope that there there's more value for those people, more compassion for the people doing that kind of work and not getting the recognition um, or financial compensation that they deserve. Totally. Totally so. agree. Yeah. We pay the people the least that have the biggest impact impacts on our nutrition on our accessibility of of food mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. you know caregiving for our children yeah like delivering postage you know all yeah. these things that are hugely valuable you know for they've been looked over for a long time even by people who appreciate them mm-hmm. i feel like you probably have an even larger appreciation now than you ever did i yeah. totally agree yeah hopefully it flips the model you know somewhat or starts to flip it Mm -hmm. you know of course i hope for dramatic radical change but that's because i'm an elizabeth warren supporter (laughs) um but uh that'll be another podcast coming up soon too um unpacking what the fuck is going on with the 2020 election now that (laughs) i know um it wasn't enough of a shit show already (laughs) i know i know so um i feel good i feel good about this topic um you know, Kathleen, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to join and we were able to chat and, um, you know, get some feelings, anxieties out right now. Um, so I don't know if you have any last tips or advice or well wishes or anything. So I'll leave it to you. 
I mean, in my adult life, the best advice I ever got and think about all the time is just do it. Just do it. You might fail. It might not work out. You might have to backtrack, but you won't be left wondering what if or, you know, any of those kinds of questions. You just, you just got to try and not be afraid to fail and be ready to adapt and change if you do. And, you know, we're all in this together. We just got to keep going and we'll land where we're supposed to, I guess. Agreed. We totally will. Enjoy your roller coaster. Hopefully we can check in on an update uh, from you soon. So uh, thanks for joining Kathleen. And thank you to everyone who has listened. Um, If you like this episode or hated this episode, uh, feel free to um, follow us and comment on our Instagram at let's unpack that underscore podcast or send us some more private feedback at uh, let's unpack that pod at gmail.com. We will be back next week with another episode around another topic, unpacking it through the lens of anxiety and depression and also queerness. So uh, (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Paul.